Hey everyone, my name is Nick Wignall, and you're listening to the Minds and Mics podcast. On this show, I talk with experts in the fields of psychology, behavioral science, and human potential, and try to see the world through their eyes. How do they think differently about topics as diverse as addiction and mindfulness to parenting and motivation? What do they know that most of us don't? And what can we learn from them to improve our own lives in practical, meaningful ways? Udipana Goswami, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. So we're going to talk about this technique called life writing uh, that you're an expert in. But before we kind of dive into the nitty gritties of it, can you give us sort of a high level overview of, of what life writing actually is, just to kind of illustrate it for people and get it in their minds? Mm-hmm. So life writing is a genre of writing which includes various subgenres. So you could be writing a personal, a short personal essay, uh, that would be life writing too, or you could be writing a full length memoir, a book length memoir, and that would be life writing too, right? But um, the basic idea is that you write about your life as it has connection to larger questions, right? right? Larger social and human questions. So uh, very briefly, that's what life writing is. Gotcha. So it would include things like, say, autobiography, um, like you said, memoir. But as we're going to talk more about, it's sort of it's not just writing for writing's sake, it's, it's writing with, um, with a bit of a purpose. Um, yes, so maybe writing we, with intent. Mm-hmm. With intent, yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your background and how you first got to know and became interested in life writing. So I would, um, I don't think as a child, I would be the kind of person, I was the kind of person who would uh, write about my life and share it with people. So I was a very introverted child with very few friends. I used to keep a diary, a secret diary, uh, not meant for anybody else's eyes. And um, I don't know what I would have done if we had social media growing up. But since I have had access to social media for most of my adult life, and I still am not comfortable putting pieces of my life up there on social media, I guess I have to believe that I am essentially the kind of person who Um, keeps a secret diary and not share my intimate feelings with the whole wide world. Um, And this might seem to be the exact opposite of what a life writer is. You know, as a life writer, you share your stories with readers, readers whom you don't even know, you don't even know who it's going to end up with, right? Um, But I guess this is where the distinction between expressive writing and life writing comes in. Diary writing is kind of like expressive writing, uh, which is uh, more like freeform writing, which uh, is also used in therapy a lot. You know, it helps people process their feelings, uh, strong feelings of um, trauma or stress, uh, whatever it is. And uh, I did that a lot immediately after I came out of my uh, four and a half year long violent and abusive marriage, which was nine years ago. But I did that to process my emotions and sort of just regurgitate everything I'd gone through without taking the time to uh, reflect on them and without comment, basically. So um, I think that's a valuable document for me and I can always go back to it because it uh, it's traumatic to go back to it, but you know, if I needed to go back to it, I would have my experiences there unfiltered and raw 
Um, but it's uh, not something that I would present to a reader, you know, any reader for that matter. Sure. Um, not only because it's so personal, but also because no reader would be interested in my experience if these experiences did not in some way resonate with them, right? So they have to connect with it. This is where life writing comes in, through life writing, um, you know, by using the guiding principles of um, life writing, I can make my story matter to somebody else. So I can use it to generate empathy, uh, to inspire courage, or you know, just simply connect at a deeper social and human level, like you were saying, writing with intent, right? And um, that's what I've been doing for the past seven to eight years, uh, writing about my traumatic marriage, connecting my story with those of other women who also, like me, um, are suffering behind closed doors. So um, after writing and publishing life stories, my, my own life stories, and from the reception and feedback that, I, that I've gotten from my readers, um, which was amazing, um, I've come to believe that when we write the stories of our lives, we are actually giving voice to others with similar stories who may not be in a situation to um, speak up. So yeah, that's, that's where my life writing uh, started really. Gotcha, and, and how did you discover this as sort of a, a technique or a process or something you wanted to get interested in? Was it recommended to you by someone or did you just kind of stumble into it and kind of assemble it yourself or tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, it wasn't really recommended. I mean, I've been writing forever. I've written uh, poetry. Again, poetry is a very um, personal um, form of writing, right? So, but then you can hide behind um, uh, metaphors, you can hide behind uh, the language itself, right? <laughs> so uh, life writing is out there. It's, it's, um, it's something that, um, I don't know, you have to lay yourself bare, I guess. And um, after I, um, uh, you know, left my um, husband, I, for two years, I was uh, not in touch with anybody. I was cut off from the entire world. I had a little baby. He was six months old when I left. And uh, those were terrible times because the abuse did not stop after I left him. So, uh, and what was more, I did not have access to therapy. So um, my trauma remained unaddressed. It was buried deep down. Um, I was in India at the time, and uh, in India, public conversations around mental health um, were not encouraged, and you know th there was a stigma attached to um, therapy. And these conversations are starting now. People are talking about it, but I'm talking about nine to ten years ago, right? I had nowhere right. to go, um, and writing was my only therapy because that's all I knew how to do. Um, I mean, I, I, by that time I had published one poetry collection and I was, um, uh, I had just finished my PhD, right, written my PhD dissertation, uh, compiled another uh, short story collection. So uh, it, it was just something that came to me naturally and I, I, I did that, so I wrote. And this time, uh, however, the subject was me, not fictionalized as in my uh, short stories. Um, but uh, talking about myself. And um, that's how I developed this whole process of healing through life writing. And that's what I share with my students now and 
with the clients whom I coach in writing about their lives. Yeah, is, is life writing useful for trauma and working through trauma specifically, or have you found it um, either yourself or, or with um, students and, and other clients to be useful in, in other areas of sort of, um, you know, emotional health or personal growth or, or whatnot? Well, definitely. Uh, you know, there is a very strong connection between uh, life writing and emotional well-being, I feel, um, because although I uh, you know, talk and write a lot about how to heal through life writing, I also uh, teach my uh, students and my uh, clients to um, sort of write the stories of their lives as a way to, uh, say, give voice right, to uh, them, themselves to speak up, to find strength in themselves, um, uh, and sometimes uh, to um, create a narrative for themselves, right? So um, it's like there are, often, there are times when we start losing control over um, who we are, where we are headed, um, especially, you know, in these times when um, things are so chaotic. So I'm actually, uh, I'm currently working with um, somebody writing their, uh, writing the narrative of their life as a way to take control of uh, where they are headed and where they want to head. So I would say that life writing um, has many benefits and not just for trauma survivors, but also for people who generally want to make sense of life, uh, who want to um, create something new out of their existing uh, life experiences. Sure. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a journalist by profession, right? Um, yes, I was in my former life, okay. <laughs> uh, but I've been doing a lot of things um, simultaneously. So I was a journalist for um, more than a decade. And then I was also um, like, I was also researching uh, on conflict and peace because that's my primary um, area of scholarship. And um, so for the last about eight years, I've been in higher education teaching, but I also do a lot of freelance uh, journalism uh, still. So yeah, it's not like something that I have um, left behind me. Right. Well, I, I ask because this idea of, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by this idea of putting, um, constructing narrative on, on top of facts, because in some ways that's, that's what a journalist does, right? You, you sort of, mm -hmm. you, you investigate and you, you, you find the facts, but then more than that, you're not, you're not just a detective, right? You are constructing a narrative to help other people kind of understand, right. textualize mm -hmm. that information. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so it seems like a natural fit that, uh, life writing, you, you would sort of slide into this, um, you know, helping people not report on, the events and facts um, out in the world necessarily, but their own events and facts and help them to put a narrative on that. So I, w I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that. Like how does, what does it mean exactly to say to put a narrative on one's life and, and how does that tend to be specifically helpful for people? Um, I really appreciate this connection that you're drawing between journalism and uh, storytelling uh, or writing a narrative because um, and this is something I tell my students always that no matter what you're writing, you're always telling a story. And you know, there's always um, these different characters, there's always a plot, and there's always a purpose. So storytelling always has a purpose. And um, you're always saying uh, what you want to say to somebody in a particular way. And uh, it's, it's just that it um, maybe the way you tell the story will be different if you are writing um, 
a, a journalistic story, uh, or if you're writing a piece of uh, a personal essay, let's say, or even an academic um, in academic writing. I teach a lot of academic writing too, and I do a lot of it myself. Even there, there's a narrative, right? So it just, um, I think, transfers from a different genre, uh, from one genre to another, and from one discipline to the other, but the basics remain the same. And um, so, yeah, um, it's just about how you, how you tell the story effectively in which medium. You've got this great line from a recent essay you did where you say, grief is private, grieving doesn't have to be. So how do you see the relationship between trauma and grief and where does kind of life writing fit into that relationship? Um, trauma and grief are very intricately related, right? I mean, one um, creates the other or it, it's like they go together. But um, you know, as a uh, peace study researcher, which uh, I do as an academic, peace um, study research and writing, I have... Uh, met so many people who have been um, grappling with PTSD and um, they tell me that they cannot grieve. You know, so for, I'll give you an example of this um, former insurgent that I was talking to um, a while back. And he uh, told me about uh, the traumatic experience he had being tortured, uh, being captured and tortured and so on and so forth. And um, how, and this was like maybe a couple of decades ago. Um, but even now, he says, when he hears somebody, uh, when he's there and somebody's narrating their um, story, their, uh, st their private story of grief and trauma, he breaks down into tears. He says, I, um, I can just feel the tears rolling down uh, nonstop but I do not feel any emotion. I do not feel the grief. It's just the expression of grief. So I think there's a very complicated relationship between trauma and grief, something that um, I have not been able to um, pin down, something that I do intend to write about. And that's how I process things um, by writing about them. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, grief... I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because it, in my work as a therapist, it, it seems like there, there's a kind of um, bias, and I don't know where this comes from um, culturally, but we tend to think of the grieving process as something that's primarily a solo endeavor, something we mm -hmm. do. Um, and it strikes me that that it just seems kind of odd. It's <laughs> Historically, it seems like grief would have been much more of a, a communal and even kind of public process. And so I wonder if this, I, I'm really kind of enchanted by this idea of life writing and kind of imposing a narrative on your own private experience of grief is a way to sort of make it more, um, more public and, and in doing, make it a more um, effective form of, the gr of grieving itself. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like you uh, quoted that line where I say grief, uh, I mean, grief is personal, but grieving does not have to be, right? And maybe that's, again, like you said, it's a cultural thing. Um, because when I came here, I uh, was uh, surprised that people uh, would, um, you know, would not like you uh, visiting them during their periods of grief. Whereas uh, in India, it's more like you take everybody along and that is how you cope. 
And I think somewhere that also feeds into my uh, approach to life writing and how, um, and I, I looked at it through that lens as well, like a cultural thing where you uh, use that to build community. You use writing, um, the process of life writing to build community, to uh, relate your specific story, your very private uh, trauma maybe with the universal human condition. And we are always doing that with our writing. It's just about how you look at it. So um, that's where I really start relating life writing with um, just coping and healing. Sure. So let's let's kind of dive into some of the specifics about how to actually go about doing life writing as a, um, at least in part, as a way, a therapeutic sort of um, technique. But, you know, I think before we dive in here, I, I got to imagine one I mean, I'm a writer, you're a writer, but I think a lot of people don't think of themselves as writers. Um, but at the same time, they, maybe they are listening to this and they're thinking, yeah, you know, I like, I like the idea of this, but gosh, I'm just, I'm not a writer. Like I, I don't, I'm not a very good writer or I wouldn't know where to start. So is that an obstacle you ever encounter with people and how do you typically address that? Oh, this is something that I um, come up with every time I have a new student. So I just started uh, working with another um, student the other day and um, <laughs> what you're telling me reminds me of this conversation that I had with him the first day we um, sat down together. And I asked him, what do you think good writing is? Uh, do you think of yourself as a writer? And um, why do you want to be a better writer, right? So he says, no, I'm not a writer because um, I do not know how to write. Um, I, I only write uh, in a very formulaic way. That's what he says. And then he says, uh, good writing is uh, being able to uh, effectively communicate your idea and that's what I want to do. So um, I asked him if he um, writes uh, text messages, right? And uh, he says, yes. So um, I asked him if you uh, do, if you, if you, let's say you're writing to um, you know, um, your boss, would you use the same kind of language that you um, use to write a text uh, to say your um, parent or your sibling or a friend? And he says, no. And so would you use the same kind of emoticons, for instance, to write um, to the different sets of people that you're writing to? And, she, and he says, um, no. So, you know, those are the rules. You are, you are, we already know intuitively, um, uh, we are always writing, whether it's a text message, whether it's an email, uh, whether it's a book, we are all writers. That is, that is my way of approaching writing. And uh, we always understand the basic rules of writing. Uh, the basic rule, of course, is that you do not use the same language, the same rhetoric to address uh, different kinds of audiences. And you will always mold your message to uh, the, your medium to the message and your message to the audience. So uh, that's it. These are the basic uh, rules of writing. And from there, I work with the student to develop the idea that, yes, um, you know, writing, good writing is effective communication. And if you are doing it, you're already a good uh, writer, you know. So, and we need to build on that. Right. I love that. You know, if you asked your average American 
teenager to compile every single text and, and post on social media together, they, they probably have an entire book, if not volumes worth of <laughs> <laughs> writing, right? <laughs> and, and social media posts are uh, a genre in themselves and you need to be so precise and you have to know exactly how to write your message to fit that particular medium. You, if you tweet, you have to write differently. If, you, if it's a Facebook post, you have to do it differently. So we are all writers and we are all following the rules. It's just about understanding them. Yeah, I, lo I love that as a way to kind of address this obstacle for people is to show, it's not to try and convince people that, um, oh no, you could be a good writer. It's to show them that they already are a perfectly good writer mm -hmm. um, and that it's not this monolithic kind of construct. Um, that's great. So you have sort of a process mm -hmm. for walking people through life writing and kind of a four-step process. And the, the first one is um, identifying a topic. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Like how do you, how do you even get started picking an area to, to start writing about? Um, so one of the things that I talk to, um, to my students uh, and the people that I'm coaching is, uh, you know, uh, to learn reflection. And that is something that you learn through writing. And it's not just life writing, but writing in general. Because when you are, um, even when you uh, are just contemplating um, writing, you start by thinking about the topic. You start by reflecting on what you want to uh, write about. And um, especially in li life writing, it, um, it involves reflecting on your own life experiences, right? You frame your topic um, by looking back at your life and um, picking a specific issue, a specific um, experience, life experience, um, a specific uh, incident, trauma, whatever it is. Um, and in doing that, what you're doing really is learning acceptance. You're learning to accept yourself for who you are. And um, then, you know, that leads to um, Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, what comes in the way is the feeling of vulnerability that people face when they are looking back at, at their experiences. We often uh, tend to shut out um, unpleasant experiences from our lives, but um, being willing to be vulnerable, being uh, able to accept our experiences for what they are and being able to accept ourselves for who we are. I think that's the, um, that's the point where you start becoming a life writer. And, um, you know, if you are not vulnerable, uh, if you, if you uh, do not accept your vulnerability, you do not accept your um, experiences. Um, you know, when you name it, you own it, you get the courage to face it, right? So uh, I believe that's where it should begin. Because in my own experience, what I was doing um, all the while that I was married uh, to my abusive partner is that I was telling myself, I'm not a victim. I'm, I'm, a, I'm financially independent. I have a PhD. I'm uh, a writer. I'm this, I'm that. And I cannot be, um, you know, I'm not somebody who can be abused by another person. I'm not a victim. But, um, you know, it took me so many years to just go back, look at my own life experiences and realize that, no, I, I can be vulnerable too. And uh, when I finally realized that, when I started writing about it after my first uh, one or two years of isolation, I had so many people reach out and share their stories with me. They started talking to me, for, my, for instance, my university teachers, who I was always looking up to as these, you know, kick-ass feminists who taught me <laughs> everything about feminism, about being an independent woman. 
they they reached out you know some of them and they talked to me about their own experiences with abusive partners and um, i think that's where it starts really um, gotcha so sort of reflecting on and, and sort of almost kind of collecting and being willing to confront those experiences in a very straightforward way maybe not unlike a journalist would do mm -hmm. you start with reporting right and investigating before you actually start crafting kind of a narrative you just got to get get exposure to uh, the data, right? Some of which is probably um, awfully uncomfortable, I would imagine. <laughs> and it's a creative process, right? Writing is a creative process. So, you know, it's never linear. So although I have these like four steps, sometimes they overlap. Yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's a great point and good to kind of know it's, it's not a lockstep thing. So, and then the, the next kind of stage is developing the topic. So once you've sort of um, looked back and reflected, um, what, what does that mean exactly to develop a particular topic? So um, if you're naming it, you're facing it, right? And you're facing it means you're finding, trying to find a way out and you're, you're just creating a space for yourself to reflect on your condition and to you know, get up and go do something about it. The parallel in the writing process for this would be developing your topic. You know what your story is, you know your central idea, you know the trauma or the stress or whatever emotion it is that you are uh, you want to focus on. And you also identify what it is that is holding you back from being you, being free, right? Or uh, being free of that particular emotion or stress or trauma, whatever it is. Um, but that's not all. It also, um, I feel that it also means looking outward. So you're creating a connection between yourself and the world outside. You're trying to um, understand who you are as a means of understanding um, you know, what the, um, how, how you connect to the world outside. You're understanding that you are not alone. So uh, for example, you know, this uh, pan pandemic has been uh, awful for everybody, right? It's uh, given all of us our own unique, unique set of problems. Uh, whether it's uh, relating to healthcare, childcare, employment, mental health, what have you. But although we all have these unique problems, you know, uh, my problems will be different from yours, we are not alone because everybody has their own set of specific problems arising from the same pandemic. So, you know, it's uh, and like, like I've had friends who would call me just to vent. They would talk about their problems and then they would listen to mine. So we felt connected, although we couldn't physically meet. And it's like that with your readers. When you relate your uh, specific trauma or life experience to something that they can relate to, another human condition. It helps both you and them. And that is um, why it's so, so uh, important that you develop your topic uh, in relation to something, uh, to, to a larger conversation, to something that is more universal. Right, so kind of, maybe this is another big distinction between um, expressive writing, which can be more even more solitary. We're just kind of sitting alone uh, journaling, but th this involves more active participation with, with other people and, and with the outer world. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. as, a, as a way to kind of put more structure on your, on your particular story. Yeah. And then, okay, so the, the third step is kind of actually getting down to it and writing and reviewing. Mm -hmm. um, so how, do you have any uh, kind of practical, like what, how do you recommend you just say like open a word doc and just start typing or do you kind of recommend people outline first or, or uh, yeah, how do you, how do you approach this step of actually writing, which seems so simple, but um, can I think often be 
quite daunting. <laughs> uh, it sounds like an amazing thing to do. Just um, open up a Word document and st start typing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, the reason there are uh, like uh, two steps before the writing process is because pre-writing is just as important as the writing process. And um, uh, in my um, uh, teaching, what I do is I give students, if I'm giving them like 20 minutes uh, to write something, I'll give them um, maybe 15 minutes to, um, for pre-writing and five minutes for writing. You know, so that is, the, that is how important the pre-writing process is, where you, um, uh, for, for, uh, first of all, you come up with a theme, right? A theme, a central idea. And then you um, think about the strategies that you will be using uh, to uh, connect with your reader. In, in this case, you know, think about the, uh, maybe the universal human condition that you want to connect with. And then create a rough outline for yourself. And um, so this is to avoid going um, all over the place, losing focus and, um, you know, uh, generally, taking up more time than you need to uh, for one piece of writing. So um, like I said, pre-writing is very important. And once you start actually putting uh, words on the paper, the first thing I recommend doing is um, creating an outline. But even before that, create, um, uh, just think of the topic. So I personally, I write my Head, heading first, and then I go into the outline and then the actual writing. So once I do that, I find that um, my, the, the actual writing part does not take, um, take up so much of my time. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You kind of put in the work early and then the writing process itself is, is a lot more fluid. Mm -hmm. the, the, the fourth step is publishing, um, which if you thought writing was daunting, uh, <laughs> this one, this one, I think for a lot of people, this one is even more so, right? But why is this such an important ingredient? I mean, why not just kind of write for yourself? Um, you know, do some research, talk to some other people, but ultimately just kind of write in your own secret diary and, and leave it at that. Why, why is it so important to actually publish and kind of put this stuff out there into the broader world? Um, two reasons. One is uh, the nature of the writing process itself, which is uh, we tend to think that it is a solitary um, process, solitary task. You know? um, I was asking somebody uh, about their mental image of a writer and they, was, they told me it's um, you know, a dark corner with a, a lamp, um, a desk lamp, and somebody <laughs> right, sitting at the desk and writing, um, writing away all alone, right? So we tend to think of writers as these solitary, um, isolated individuals. But when you think of the writing process, really reflect on it, um, you realize that it's not uh, lonely. Because even if you're writing a diary, even in expressive writing, for instance, um, it's intended for a reader, right? Even if you're writing to your dear diary, you, you still have an audience in mind. So we always start with an audience in mind. So, you know, there you are. It's not so solitary after all. But then uh, if you are taking it forward, let's say you're writing a college essay, for instance, it's meant for your uh, professor, right? And if you are writing for um, writing to publish, you have your proofreaders, your editors, your fellow writers or beta readers, uh, publishers, and then your actual readers and reviewers there. So it takes a village, really, this entire writing process. And we don't even realize this because we don't stop to think about it. 
So um, we, we've already, um, we already have so many people involved, this entire community involved in the process of writing. So why not publish it, you know? <laughs> uh, so that's one of my um, arguments for publishing. And then um, I asked my students, uh, the next question I asked them uh, when, I, when I'm talking to them about publishing is what's the worst that can happen? You, know, you, you, you will get a rejection from an editor, right? It's going to, um, you know, it's not going to see the light of day in uh, say one submission or two submissions, but it's only going to make you tougher because uh, let's face it, life is tough, right? And uh, these days I like, I, and this is how I place it to my students these days, editors really let you down very politely and considerately, um, not like, you know, um, the old, older days when, uh, for instance, H.G. Wells uh, was told that his writing was an endless nightmare. So you won't hear anything like that from your um, editor these days. And um, if you're worried about your reviewer, um, well, your neighbor or your aunt or even your child may say things you don't want to hear, right? Finally, it's your choice if you want to let that stop you or you want to continue believing in yourself. But um, having said that, I also know that publishing is the toughest part, right? It's, um, it's um, really difficult to put yourself out there and to let go of what you have written, especially if it's uh, about your own life, it's something so uh, personal, something that you have held on to maybe for so long. So I don't really press my students to go, uh, go through it, uh, go through with it, but I do put it in perspective for them and I uh, do encourage them because, um, you know, I feel like uh, what helps one uh, to move from being a survivor to a victor is to be able to put yourself out there. You know, uh, if you have um, if you have gone through all these steps of reflecting on your life, accepting your vulnerability, uh, building community, um, you know, finding, uh, giving voice to other people and so on and so forth, you really have triumphed and you've proved the naysayers wrong. So what is to prevent you from um, now publishing it? So, you know, it's just uh, some things that I place in front of my students and I let them make their own decision. Yeah, I, this is, I don't do a lot of um, life writing or, or, or even personal writing very much, but I do write a lot. And, and one mm -hmm. of the things that I get asked all the time is, how do you write so much? You know, for years, I've been writing um, a couple essays a week. Right. And I, I think what people imagine is that I just have this, you know, storehouse of, you know, good ideas in my head. And I'm just, just because I'm lucky or whatever, um, or I'm smart, or I have, you know, a PhD or something like that. And so that's why I'm able to write so much. And what, what I actually tell people, what, what I really believe is, I'm able to write so much because of, because I publish. And when I publish, I get, I get interaction, right? I get feedback, exactly. I get um, comments on my blog posts. I get people reach out on Twitter and say, hey, I really like this, but what do you think about this? Or I get, you know, they say, have you read this? This is really related to this. And that just creates this explosion of topics and ideas and fodder for more writing. So it's like this virtuous circle where you, the more you write, the more ideas you have, and even the more motivation you have to write more, I think, but that I, it's always, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's such a, people miss out when they, when they think, oh, you know, I can't, I'm not good enough or for whatever reason I can't publish, but that's where all, 
that's where all the action is. Like once you start putting it out there, you just, you get so much back, I think. Um, and some of it's a little bit negative, um, <laughs> but the, the people underestimate the, the amount of kind of positivity, I think, and, and energy that you can get from putting stuff out there um, and how much it can help your, your writing process generally. So sorry not to hijack your <laughs> the conversation. Here, but no, I, just but think, I totally know, agree with you. You know, it's uh, writing generates writing. You write, you get feedback, and you write some more. It's it's like uh, being part of a larger conversation. So when you are um, writing, you're contributing to uh, a conversation that's already out there, and uh, then people react, and you just carry on the conversation. So um, I, I totally agree with you when you say that uh, that is what keeps us motivated. That is what gives fodder to writers. Yeah. So in addition to, um, I mean, you're a journalist, you're, you're a teacher, you, uh, you, you write yourself, you do, you do life writing yourself, um, but you're also a, a coach and you kind of teach and instruct other people who are interested in doing this. Um, so what is, what is that like exactly? Like, what is it you do when you, when you say you're a, you're a coach for life writing? Like, what, what does that look like exactly? Um, so as a writing instructor, I, um, I worked uh, with the University of Pennsylvania for two years and I was teaching critical writing there. And um, so one of the biggest challenges that I faced uh, with my students was to convince them that uh, critical writing also involves creativity. So, you know, uh, but that's something um, that I really, truly believe in, that uh, writing is a creative process, no matter what kind of writing you're doing. And um, so creating in this sense um, for me is also um, creating your own life story, right? Looking at um, yourself, looking at your life reflexively, understanding yourself better, uh, being more purposeful and mindful. So all of this goes into my coaching when I uh, meet with, uh, so I have these, um, writers who um, approach me uh, to, um, you know, at, at various stages in their writing process. There are some who would come to me with something like, uh, I want to write something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so we start from there. And I have also worked with writers who um, bring me like, you know, um, a, a well done draft and then we go through it and restructure it. I've also, um, done ghostwriting. So I, I work with writers at every stage of uh, their writing. But uh, what I enjoy most is to um, uh, this particular course that I offer and something that I'm working on um, uh, with somebody right now, which is writing your life's narrative. So my, my uh, take on this is that, you know, we, we have lost control of our lives because um, there are snippets of it everywhere. We release nuggets of our life uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. So, you know, it's like everywhere on social media, but we don't really know who we are, uh, where we are going and what we're doing, right? So um, just to sort of take control of your life, I start uh, my um, clients with thinking about what they want their life to be like and how they would want to shape it. And that is uh, one specific course, one particular course that I really, really enjoy um, teaching. You know, um, I am um, 
still working on it with this uh, friend and um, I will update you once we are done with that. <laughs> and this is the first yes, time I'm teaching too. this, but I'm very excited about this and it's going really great because um, I see that it's helping them um, you know, take control and do the thing, uh, things that they uh, prioritize, the things that they need to prioritize. And uh, that, that, that's, that's what I uh, feel, you know, there is this very strong connection between writing and life skills, if only we know how to, uh, you know, identify those skills. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Well, Udipana, this has been just really wonderful and, and I really appreciate you being willing to share your, your experiences and insights with us. Where can people go to learn more about you and your work? I do have a website, uh, www.uddeepana, that's my first name, dot me, M-E. And um, although I uh, plan to always keep it updated, it's not always updated because <laughs> life happens, you know, life comes in the way, but uh, they can um, get an idea of the kind of courses that I teach uh, there. So I would recommend your readers to visit that and to reach out to me um, at my email, um, uddgos at gmail.com if they want to um, take a course with me or just talk about writing. I love talking to um, people about writing. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Minds and Mics. If you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you took one minute to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out a lot. And if you've already done that, please consider sharing Minds and Mics with a friend or family member you think would enjoy it. As always, thank you for continuing to support the show, and we'll see you next time.